Welcome to episode 55 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 55 of Hit the Mic. I am your host, the Stacey Harris, and I'm really, really excited uh, to be welcoming our first dude on the show. I cannot believe I'm 55 episodes on and we're having our, or in, and we're having our first dude, so that's pretty cool. Um, and I think I talk about that during the interview too, but we're going to have Greg Taylor on the show today and we're going to talk a little bit about, um, content. We talk about blogging, but really we talk about, uh, creating content and the importance of content as a whole. Uh, and it's really, really great. So before I dive into that and tell you a little bit about Greg, I want to remind you guys that, um, May 21st, um, so if you're listening to this when it goes live, that's like next Wednesday. Uh, I am doing a webinar all around uh, creative ways to grow your email list. So uh, moving away from the sort of played out uh, video series or PDF ebook kind of model where people sort of download it and never pay attention to it. Therefore, they don't get any real value from it. Therefore, it doesn't really attach them to your brand and your stuff. Um, some more engaging ways to do that so you can get your community taking action early and taking action often. Uh, so that we're going to talk about that. So if you go to the show notes of this page, which of course you will find at thestacyharris.com slash episode 55, you will find a link to that webinar to grow your email list. Like I said, it's on to Wednesday, the 21st. Um, so be there, be square. Uh, there will be a replay for some reason you can't make it live. Um, but of course it's always better if you show up live because, um, my webinars are a lot like my live shows. So if you've checked out a live version of the show and you like the chat and getting to hang out and talk and network and ask me questions and engage with me that way, the webinars are the exact same way. It's going to be done through Google Hangouts. It'll be a lot like a live show. So it's worth making sure you're on the list to get those details. So go check that out. With all of that done, the housekeeping business out of the way, let me tell you a little about Greg. Based in Tempe, Arizona, Greg Taylor is passionate about WordPress development and content marketing. Marketing press is the result of his passions. Greg Taylor specializes in creating high-performance websites that meet client goals by using marketing press's signature data-driven development process. If a site looks great but doesn't achieve the results marketing press clients need, we haven't fully done our job. Only when a site looks great, and ranks well and converts. Then we know our job is complete. When not developing WordPress sites, working with clients, or speaking at conferences, Greg can be found mentoring in the Arizona startup community, enjoying the live music in Tempe, Arizona, or spending time outdoors with family and friends. So very cool. Uh, I'm really excited to introduce you guys to Greg. It was a great chat and I had a lot of fun with him. Uh, So without any more yammer yammering from me, here's Greg. All right, guys, I am really excited to welcome the first dude ever on, the Stacey Harris. I feel like that's a big deal, and it's really not, but it, it's cool. I'm excited. Um, today we have Greg Taylor, like I said in the intro, uh, and I met Greg at WordCamp. I think we met in 2013, but I'm, I might have just gone to his presentation. But anyways, Greg's on the show today. I'm very excited. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. Um we always sort of start with where I put the guest in a really awkward position of having to introduce themselves because we all really love doing that. Uh, so can you kind of tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Greg Taylor, and I founded uh, the WordPress development company Marketing Press five years ago. And what we do is we focus on WordPress only, first of all, and we focus on WordPress sites that achieve specific results for clients, whether that be 
you know, do you want to rank better, you know, through your content? Do you want to create a community around your product, service, or brand? Or do you want to convert, you know, have your visitors take a, take a, a, a specific action? Right. So that's what Marketing Press does. Uh, when I'm not wearing my Marketing Press hat, I speak at a lot of conferences and uh, I help mentor a lot of startups over at Gangplank Collaborative Workspace. And um, I've been living in Tempe, Arizona now for 18 years, originally from New Jersey, where I went to, where I grew up and went to school. So, Cool. I just realized that in addition to being the first dude, you're also the first local guest I've had. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. You're just nice. all sorts nice. of firsts, Greg. I'm two for two. That's right. Congratulations. Like, it's like there's like, you know, your souvenirs in the mail. Um, which is funny because we're still recording this the same way I always record it, which is via Skype uh, using a call recorder. So it's not like he's suddenly like in the magical studio or anything. Right. <laughs> ah, the internet. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to have Greg on the show today to talk a little bit about content because I saw Greg speak for the second time. Uh, this year, 2014, which uh, WordCamp, which I also spoke at, which was super cool. And I think when I got back from WordCamp, I did an episode about WordCamp. I think I talked about how much I enjoyed your presentation um, and the things you had to say. So I was, I'm was i super excited to have you on the show to talk about some of that stuff and about content. Um, the place I kind of want to start with is the place where everybody sort of starts with, which is how important is content to the site? Like, do I have to have regular new content? Well... So I always start, you know, a lot of my presentations with, you know, what is your site without content? Right. You know, your site without content is just pretty much a whole, a holding place in the internet. You know, there's nothing there. There's no reason for people to, you know, to keep coming back or or to even show up. So content is one of the the most important things I feel on a properly, you know, developed and constructed WordPress site. Uh, I'm a champion. Uh, I love regular content you know i try to post you know to the marketing press blog two three times a week um because what you want to do is you want to keep giving readers reasons to come back and reasons to share your content and reasons to for people to also you know tell other people about you know what you're doing and how you're teaching people uh i'm a big fan of jay bear's utility method of marketing Mm -hmm. so where you know, you can give away as much knowledge as you have about a particular subject. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to lose business because you do it. It actually means you're going to gain business because people, you know, I found that there's a couple types of different people there. You know, one, people, they, a lot of people just want to know. They just want to know how to do it. Just so in their mind when they're talking to different partners to work with, they're, they're engaged and they know exactly what's, what they're talking about. The other type of person is the person who wants to know but's too busy to do it. Yeah. So I find that you know the people who read my blog and different articles that I write are probably are a good mix of that. So I try to you know educate as much as possible with new content you know as often as I can. And it, you know I, I think of it this way: if if a TV station or if a TV show just kept on playing the same old reruns over and over and over. That would get bored. You would have no reason to go back to that station or to go back there and watch that show. Right. It's the same type of thing. You know, you want people coming back always, and you want people to get excited about what you're doing. I love that. And and somebody who whose stuff I follow quite a bit, um, Derek Halpern, once said, you can find anything for free on the Internet. Like, all of the information is free and out there in Google. Like, it's that easy. 
the reality is people are paying for it to be packaged and delivered by you. Exactly. And also what they're paying for, you know, is leads me to like my, my second favorite part about content is, you know, the, what we call the review, refine, repeat method mm-hmm. where, you know, they're, they're not only paying to, for you to package it, they're paying you to tell them how it's doing and yeah. to measure the analytics and to figure out what's working for their brand and what's not working. And if it's not working, how do we fix it? And if it is working, how do we do more of it? You know, they're paying for all of that type of, uh, I, I, I often refer to it as institutional knowledge that we all have, you know, within our industry and within our niches. For sure. And the thing I want to touch base on is, you know, I think when people think about content on a website, they, they assume it has to be written blog posts and it doesn't. Um, for me, my, my two posts a week that go up are show notes for this show because the show goes out twice a week. Um, so it can be a podcast, it can be a video, it can be a mixture. Like you don't have to sit down and write, you know, 700 blog posts a day or anything crazy right. like that. Right. And, and so, you know, what is content? You know, that, that's, that's a great point. You know, yeah. content is anything that you put on your site that somebody can consume. So, you know, what we're creating right now just by having a conversation in a podcast is great content, you know, for a site. You know, uh, photography, uh, Instagram is content, Mm -hmm. Uh, blog posts, of course, are, you know, video, great source of content, you know, especially when you want to display the personality of your company and the brand. Uh, You know, it's, it's all content. Anything that you can post, you know, through the WordPress environment or post to your site. Is all content, and we need to, you know, we need to remember that because often, too, you know, too often, when people say content, it always falls into the pigeonhole of the written word. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the biggest thing that once I can get my clients to get out of that train of thought and say, okay, I get it now, you know, maybe a little bit of an aha moment. I help yeah. them see is okay, so I'm comfortable doing video. Maybe that's how I should produce my content, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, producing content is, it's a lot of work and it's not always fun, but it is, it is rewarding, you know, usually. And what happens is it's just really important for us, you know, as professionals here to make sure that our clients produce content in the best means for them to get them to produce content over and over and over. And I think that you made a really great point when you're talking about videos about showcasing, you know, your brand and what it is. And that's going to vary depending on what your brand is. You know, I have uh, a friend of mine who's been on the show twice, Amanda Schaffner, and she's a coach for writers. She helps people write their books. And so written form works really well for her. It's a great showcase of her brand. Uh, For me, I get super, like, I don't know, there's a big filter between my brain and my fingers for some reason. And so I get really short and really technical when I write. But when I talk like this or in a video, I'm more conversational and I'm more myself. And that's more representative of my brand. So you don't have to do one thing. There's no one answer that works umbrella for everybody. For you and your clients, what has been the process of sort of figuring out which kind of content works best? Or do you recommend a mix to your clients? So... That's actually a great question, uh, and, and actually, surprisingly enough, one I've never been asked before. But <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think, <laughs> one point for you, Stacey nice. Wolf. So, I, I think there, you know, a lot of the times it, it's, you know, myself included, when I started blogging, you know, it was always started with, I'm not that great of a writer, I don't want to write, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. So, what we try to do in the beginning when we meet people and when we 
when we sit down and try to hash out a content strategy is we find where they're most comfortable. Not only we find out where they're most comfortable, we find out where their audience wants to consume, how they want to consume content and what's best for them. That's a great point and one that gets left behind so often is thinking about the person who's going to actually be digesting that content. Yeah, so it's like, so it's one of those things like, you know, how, do, how does your audience want to, want to ingest the content? Do they, do they want it in their email as an email newsletter? Do they want a video? Do they want to read a blog post? You know, do they want an infographic? You know, <clears throat> and typically what happens is it's, it's a mix of things. So what we do is we, we want the client to start producing content as soon as possible. So we find what media that they're most comfortable with, and we urge them to start there. And then once we can kind of show them the analytics that things are starting to pick up and they're getting some traction, mm-hmm. we can start introducing other things. So I, you know, the written word is still fantastic. I love that for the index, you know, how, how it can be indexed, you know, through, for search. But a well-constructed, you know, intro to a video and YouTube and a transcription can be indexed just as well. Mm-hmm. So we try to figure out, you know, what they're most comfortable with. And I, I don't really care what, where they're most comfortable. I just want them to start. Yeah. <laughs> once they get started, they kind of figure out it's addicting. And I have to, you know, ironically, I have to pull back the reins a little bit and say, okay, well, wait a second. If you don't plan on posting five blogs of, for the rest of the site's existence or five videos, let's just slow down. Let's <laughs> figure out a, a schedule that you can handle. And let's say, okay, well, let's do five a month because then it's a little bit more manageable. Yeah. You know, we want clients to take something, take on something that's, that's manageable that they can sustain for the long run. That's a great point. And I have clients who come to me who are just, just starting out and they're like, okay, so I want to blog every day. And I was like, now realize when this content starts working and you get really busy, you're still going to have that timeline where you're going to blog every day. Like, let's exactly. think about this. That's a right. great point. So what I do, you know, and uh, I'm an early morning person. Uh, I'm one of those early morning per- people that like to get up really early, but I like to be alone really early. <laughs> So you're awake, but not social. I'm awake, but not social, yeah. So I find that that's, a, that's been, you know, historically throughout my career, that's been my most creative time. So if I can get up at 6 a.m. and, you know, go for a run and then come back to the house and, you know, the house is still pretty quiet or the office is quiet, I can sit down and I can start thinking about, you know, writing blog posts. I can start writing blog posts. And what I, what I try to do is I pick one day a week to write two or three blog posts. And from there, you know, I just schedule them out accordingly, you know, through WordPress's post scheduling feature. But I, I have to schedule it and I have to get my mind in the right place. And I schedule it with the importance of any other business activity that I would do. So I have a client meeting, you know, today at two o'clock, you know, that's on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So I calendar writing the same way that I calendar client meetings just because if it's not on my calendar and it's that time is not blocked out Mm -hmm. something else will happen you know uh you take a phone call you can get sucked into doing some dev or you know this or that so i really want to make i make sure that i stay on a schedule you know and, and i calendar it accordingly 
That's I love that. I do the same thing with my podcast. Thursdays are days where I do interviews like this. So like you're my first interview today, but I will do two more after we're done. Um, and then Saturdays, I am <clears throat> excuse me in the morning. I have business development, and that's when I do. I write my show notes. I do my standalone episodes um, because it it's quiet, like you said. Right. Um, I know I'm not going to get one of those calls where I end up getting sidetracked, and that time right. is on my calendar every week to do whatever it is that my business needs. Uh, that week. So sometimes it's checking analytics, like you said, which I want to touch on in just a second. And sometimes it's creating content or whatever it may be. Um, I feel like it's so easy to get lost in, and this sounds bad, but it's not, but get lost in your client work and your day to day and you're prepping for a speaking engagement or you're writing guest posts for somebody else's blog or whatever. Right. It's so easy to get caught up in that stuff that you sort of lower your own business down on the priority list. Mm-hmm. So I think we all sort of need the reminder that we have to treat our business like we would a client's business. Absolutely. <laughs> like pay and attention. So I'm, I'm a big, big believer in that. So where, you know, marketing presses, marketing and content is scheduled on my work week just like anybody else's client. Anybody, any yeah. of my other clients, client work is scheduled. And I treat it with the respect and I give it the time that it needs. And I, I found that, you know, I don't believe in the old adage, you know, the shoemaker's kids never have new shoes or, mm-hmm. or, you know, one of those things. I think that that's, you know, that's an excuse. You know, would I like to do more? Yeah, of course well, I'd like to do more. But at the same time, like, I have to make sure that I'm at least, you know, fueling the engine to keep this thing running. And the only way that I've figured out how to do that is by treating it like client work. Where, you know, marketing presses the brand, just like, you know, we just got done working with, you know, other brands, and we have their names on the board the same way, and, you know, I, I, you got to have to schedule it accordingly, or else it's not going to get done. You're going to get sucked into a client emergency, or, you know, uh, I'm going to answer this email, or I'm going to write this proposal, which are all important things, but at the same time, you know, you have to treat your own brand with the same respect that you treat client brands with. Well, and, and I think to sort of expand on that, you also have to realize that, especially for, for people like you and I who, who work in the marketing space and the web space, you know, our representation of what we're doing is sort of a representation of like how it can work. If I'm not doing all of the things that I tell my clients they have to do, right. they're going to be like, why should I listen to you? <laughs> like, why should I talk to you about Google Plus? You don't even use it. Like, you know what I mean? So right. I use Google Plus. So, but I think that that's a really good reminder, and I love that. I want to touch on, before I let you go, because we're running low on time now, um, I want to touch on analytics, because it's something that you talked about at WordCamp, and it's something that's come up kind of a couple times here. How do you structure that review time? Is that something you have scheduled again regularly, or is it just something you do haphazardly? How does that work for you? So a little bit of both. Like, I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan. And the reason I'm a big baseball fan is because of the statistics. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that stuff. So, like, I, I can get kind of nerdy and geeky when, you know, and poke into analytics, you know, at any time of because the day. Because there's Just, nothing they don't track in baseball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there's nothing we, should, we shouldn't track in marketing. So what, what happens is, you know, <clears throat> I schedule my analytic reviews with clients and internally, you know, just like any other phase of the project. You know, this phase one might be development, you know, phase two, you know, content review, you know, phase three, you know, here we are, I'm going to do analytics. And I just keep that as regular rolling tasks. You know, mm-hmm. I do have some clients that I'm a, that, you know, retainer clients that we do standing meetings every, you know, Thursday at three o'clock is an analytics review. 
You know, and that way we can review things, refine what's working, what's not working, how do we fix it, and repeat it, and we can roll it out once again. You know, we have this uh, data-driven development process here at Marketing Press, and what the big thing is is analytics is is the biggest part of that. So we make that just part of our part of our weekly tasks. I love that. I always tell clients because we talk a lot about analytics in the social media space with my clients, and we talk. I'm like. You don't you the easiest way to find out what people are reading and responding to is to look at what they're already reading and responding to. Like you don't have to reinvent this. There's this no. big pile of information just waiting for you. Yeah, it's like why, you know, if you know, if they like steak and lobster, why would you try to feed them Chinese food? It's the same thing. It's just you just go ahead and you just give them more of what they want. Mm-hmm. And then here and there you try introducing new things. And to test on you know markets that are that you already have and you've already kind of cultivated a community around. Mm-hmm. So how often do you do those check-in? Is it a weekly thing? Is it a monthly thing? It, so I do it uh, weekly for sure, because because I think that every two weeks or three weeks or monthly, I think that that's just too long to start seeing some of the indicators that something's not going right. You know, it's like. Uh, I want to make sure that I, I know where we're going so that when we get there, I'm not surprised, you know, mm-hmm. or if I don't want to go there, I can correct the course. So, I mean, uh, we, you know, if we have a big, large bounce rate or we're not getting conversion that we need, you know, we can really dive into it and say, okay, what the heck's going on? How, how can we fix this? Let's fix this now before it becomes a problem. So I do weekly check-ins. Hmm. I do monthly check-ins, but I like the idea of the weekly now because that's true. You have sort of that a more immediate response to something. How long do you give something before you decide it's not working? If you implicate, impl- implement something on Monday mm-hmm. and you check it the next Monday and it's not working, is it done? No, not yet. I think that what we would end up doing is, you know, if something's not working immediately, then what we would try to do is just tweak one or two things. I'm a big believer in making small changes often rather than wholesale wholesale changes mm-hmm. because I, I want to make sure that I can I can just fine tune it because my strategy and the content and everything might be spot on but I may be missing one little thing that I just need to fine tune and once I do that you know it it it's all systems go so what I try to do is I'll I would make small changes I wouldn't make large wholesale changes. But at the same time, you know, I think that for one, you know, to, to, to gauge whether something is a complete, you know, bust, you know, success or bust, I would give it about 30 to 45 days. Awesome. Cool. I like that. That's, that's usually what I sort of follow the same thing of that. Like, if it's not working after a month, then we need to really look at the base of this. Exactly. Because um, I but, find sometimes but if I look at it, running but if away. I look at it, if I look at it weekly, you know, I... I, I may not ha- I may not get to that thirty day point and say, yeah. "Oh, this is a bust." You know, I could have done something along the way yeah. to make it successful. That's awesome. Yeah, I find if something's not working, like in the first week or two, a lot of times I need to look at its placement. Like, how am I promoing it? How yep. how am I getting it to people? Cause, you know, definitely, I'm a big believer that the whole field of dream thing not true. Like, if you build it, they will not come. You have to tell them you built it. Right. And then you probably have to tell them again and then again. And then like (laughs) 47,000 more times. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you to sort of let everyone know where they can find your stuff and your content and read more about Marketing Press. Sure. So uh, our website is marketingpress.com, and you can find our WordPress blog on that. And uh, that's a blog specifically on WordPress topics, uh, a lot of how-tos, a lot of WordPress 101. We try to answer uh, tons of questions from uh, people that we get via email or social media. Um, you can also find me at gregtaylor.net. That's more of my professional abstract. And uh, on Twitter, uh, personally, I'm at, at grtaylor2, and the company is at marketingpress with an underscore at the end. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for well, being thanks my for first me. local and dude guest. Hey, I'm <laughs> proud to say I was both. Nice. Awesome. Thanks again for being on the show, and everybody, I will see you guys next time. All right. Thank you.